What is going on guys? You're listening to the Fitness Business Life Podcast. MJ Lannan here and today I'm here with my co-host Steve O'Clark and we are going to look into the life and times of Steve O'Clark today. It's going to be great. You ready to rock there? Ready you love to talking rock. about yourself? Everybody does. Okay mate, so for the, for the listeners, people watching on YouTube, um, tell us a wee bit about your upbringing because even though for the the time that I know you, I I actually don't know too much about how you fucking got here, dude. So <laughs> right, give, okay. give give us a wee bit about your uh, upbringing and what were the fondest memories you can you can conjure up from it. Fondest memories. We'll start there. So I should probably say to start off with, we're a really kind of close family: mum, mm-hmm. dad, brother, and sister. Um, and even not just the immediate family, but like going out towards like grandparents and even cousins and cousins' cousins and mm-hmm. okay. babies of cousins and stuff. Like we all know each other like really, really well. And it's not just, you know, like passing in the street kind of thing. We used to go to uh, my granny's house on a Sunday mm-hmm. and it's a small, small house, like two up, two down kind of thing. <laughs> okay. And uh, on any Sunday, there would have been at least 20 people, you know, <laughs> oh, penned shit. into the living room or into the kitchen and stuff. And everyone's talking and nobody's listening kind of vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Everyone's yeah. just getting the, you know, into conversation, but even up to all these kinds of things. So we're all really uh, pulled together in that one house. Hitting it. Yeah. And then you go from that. That was on my mom's side of the family and on my dad's side of the family. Uh, whenever we were young, we were the only gra- grandparents. So I, I'm the oldest grandchild. Okay. Uh we would have went on holidays and stuff with my granny and granda. So we would have went to County Mayo, down to Ballina. Okay. And we would have rented out a house for like a week or two or whatever. Went down and brought tents and stuff. Went out camping. We would have sat in the bars with, you know, my dad and my mum and, <laughs> and everything. And, you know, uh, the, the normal stuff. like. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's those kind of memories that I would have, you know, sitting in my grandparents' house, talking to all my cousins and having fun. We used to, we used to play this game as this is kind of embarrassing, but it's brilliant. Okay. Uh, all the cousins used to have a seat on the stairs in my, my granny's house. There was maybe about 10, 15 of us. And one person had to stand at the front door. And it was called Funny Man. It was basically like, you're a comedian. And the first person to, that you make laugh has to take your place. Right, okay. You know what I mean? So you're trying okay. your best to make people laugh and stuff. And yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, had weird. to be there. Yeah, had you, had, you had to be there. Well, we probably weren't that funny. It was probably just people hitting themselves off a wall and stuff. But um, yeah, those holidays, uh, spending time with grandparents, spending time with family and stuff. Those were the you know the, the best mm-hmm. times and stuff. Because we were all so close. It, was, it wasn't just, you know, the immediate family. Sounds yeah. cool. Sounds cool. We're tell me this. So, you know, for for anyone listening or watching, Steve was a talented musician, really talented musician, musician as well. Um, and you were saying about probably probably performing for people sitting on the stairs. Was mm-hmm. everyone in your family that way inclined? Like you said, you were tight knit, or were you? Was because I know your sister's uh, an amazing singer as well. Yeah. Were you guys like the only performers in the family? Um, we're all comedians, like we all get mm. together and we all have a laugh and stuff like that. Um, but in terms of like performing and stuff, I- I'll go right back to the start. So 
my dad was in a band and he's mm-hmm. been in bands from he was like 16 something like that okay and that's actually how him and my mom met each other so they were auditioning back in singers for the group and my mom auditioned and her friend auditioned and actually they started off my mom fancied like the guitar player or something out of the band that wasn't my dad and okay. the other <laughs> the other back and singer fancied my dad right. and they ended up actually my mom married my dad and then her friend married the guitar player Holy so, shit. You know, I mean, so it, it was it was wired up it didn't it didn't go that way you know originally but that's yeah, how they yeah. met yeah um so i think probably like i remember like getting ready from for school and stuff in the morning and my dad would be up shaving and singing in the the bathroom and mm-hmm. you know like when he would go off gigging and stuff uh my brother and brother and sister and me would basically put on our own gig for my mum in the front room Class. while my dad was out gigging would have we had a lightsaber and a chair and used it as a mic stand and singing and stuff for my mum um yeah but there's a couple of cousins and stuff play guitar really well and they've been in bands here and there but um we're all kind of talented musically uh or you know we're all funny or whatever but it's not all of us who've kind of went up on the stage and kind of made a band out of it or you know mm. tried to pursue it in that way but there are talents among yeah. those people yeah can you remember well i remember your first gig but can you remember the first time you actually felt like you were performing for people uh yeah it actually wasn't in it wasn't in music that i did that though okay so, so okay i went to university uh university of ulster mcgee up in derry london derry um and i did drama so performing in drama was a whole di- like I was used to singing. Mm-hmm. I was already in a band when I went to university. I went to university and started doing drama, and I was performing. And it was a a play that basically someone had dropped out. Okay. I got a phone call saying this person has dropped out, and I really really need your help. It's a ninety odd page script, and I need you to know it by the end of the week. And I was like, as well as all the fucking acting and the cues right. and stuff to go along with it. And I did it, you know, like I learned all the words and learned all the movements and stuff. And then the first night came up and it was schools who had been in for a matinee. And one of the other actors had said, can we just give this guy some credit? Because he came in here a week ago, not knowing anything, not knowing any of the words, any of the movements. And he pulled it off and, you know, people didn't expect that. You know, they yeah, were like, we, yeah. we couldn't have told that you awesome. you weren't there as long as the rest of them. So I think at that point, performance wise, that's when I knew that it was capable of doing it mm. and doing it to a high standard did you did you have ambitions of being an actor like is that what is that what initially you wanted to do uh, initially i wanted to be a teacher okay uh, i wanted to to teach uh probably drama um mm. and that's probably going back to like my favorite teacher was my drama teacher mm. um so it was probably a bit of a you know like he had a lot of influence on that um, but yeah, when I got into university and stuff, I was like, yeah, I could see myself doing this and, you know, trying to make a career out of it because I was doing it after university. I went on tours and stuff in England and yeah. did some shows Straight after that. I remember that actually. I remember yeah. that. So, um, yeah, it, it just didn't work out though. Yeah. Um, so did you, like, what, what got you then into fitness? What, what made the transition happen? Because I know you were, you like you, you still love to sing mm-hmm. you know, and you'll still play at gigs and stuff as well. Um, but now your full-time job is in the fitness industry. So how did that come about? It came about from, first of all, joining the gym. So mm-hmm. contacting yourself and saying, right, I need to do something and mm-hmm. sort my health out and my weight out and stuff like that. And 
I probably have this kind of streak with most things that I do. Whenever I decide to do something and I'm going all in, I kind of go all in with it and mm -hmm. take as much out of it as I can. And it just kept interest in me. Like, okay. it doesn't matter how many programs or how many bench presses or how many squats that I did. There was always something more to learn mm -hmm. about it. And whenever you guys were coaching me, um, I was eager to take it all in. And when I was learning about food, I was eager to take it all in. And I was actually... You know trying to pass it on already so to my brother or to my dad or whatever and mm. it just kind of it felt like a an instant kind of marriage almost and like me yeah. and fitness kind of really yeah, yeah, gelled yeah and i felt that i had something to offer so <coughs> i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna mm. do my certification and take this forward i suppose in a way like you could kind of say no matter what you're doing, stay well, you're trying to make people feel good. You're either trying to make people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you're either trying to entertain them with, with your music or physically you're trying to actually make them feel good no matter what. So I suppose yeah. no matter what industry you're working in, that's generally what you gravitate towards. Yeah, absolutely. And even when I'm in the gym, I'm trying to make people yeah, laugh. And, yeah, yeah. And I'm probably yeah. singing and dancing as well. Yeah, which is, which is cool. Like you, you would never, I suppose those two things aren't, universally connected but Aye. we kind of know just purely from being in the industry and seeing how you operate with it that they actually are and they work really well yeah, but that, that's just the kind of person i am you know like yeah. if i was working in a nine to five in an office i'd probably be singing and dancing as well yeah do you know what i mean yeah yeah which is cool um so here tell me this well tell, tell a listener this like what were I suppose what were the initial challenges for you when you first started working in the fitness industry probably confidence I would say, okay. um, although I was an actor and a performer and stuff, it's a completely different thing. You know, you get nerves before you go on stage, which is completely normal. But the to have a direct impact on someone, especially when it comes to their their health mm -hmm. and um, their their performance in the gym, and giving people advice that are going to leave in a couple of minutes' time and try and implement this yeah. into the rest of their week. There was a a bit of a confidence issue there with me, and, okay. and maybe just even coming out of Michelle. To be, you know, the myself, you know, yeah, singing yeah, and dancing yeah. and all, yeah, and yeah, yeah, instead of just yeah. being this kind of stern-faced personal trainer, this is what you have to do. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, so confidence, it's it's come along uh, over the years and stuff. But I would say that was probably the the biggest obstacle that I had to overcome because I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. But really, and that then it's like worrying about the ripple effect that you're having. Uh -huh. Do you know what I mean? Almost the imposter syndrome that you've you've yeah, talked about before. Yeah. Um, even though you know your stuff and you know that you know your stuff, passing that on then you're like, Oh, should I say that or should I give this advice? Or should you know what? Just go for it because you're in the position of authority there and you 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 know, you just gotta help the person. Yeah, no like no matter what, it's gonna be it's gonna be helpful. Like yeah. No matter what. It's it's kinda of st it's funny you say that actually, because last a couple of weeks ago uh, there's a girl she goes to the gym and she said to me do you know I said to her one time uh, so she showed me she took a photo of her plate mm -hmm. and sent it to me and I couldn't even rem remember saying this actually but I said <laughs> add more colour and it, it wasn't just the one plate it was like the everything mm -hmm. and she says every single time she's going for a meal now <laughs> She just says to herself, add more colour, add more colour. And I'm like, holy shit, like, I gotta fucking make sure that I'm on point and I'm saying the right thing to people because <laughs> yeah. literally they take that shit literally. Yeah, it's, <laughs> people latch on to the smallest things, like, and that's that's probably one of the things that you kind of need to watch out for as well. But 
yeah, it's it. You have an impact on people, and you just need to go for it. Class, class, <laughs> mate. Um, so, Steve, well, you like you've been in the industry for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you would change about fitness? I suppose not even from like a like from how how people receive it. Is there anything you would change about that? Like, is there anything that you would change overall? Um, like, where do you see the biggest problems that lie within the industry? I've a couple of things that are kind of closely connected. Um, I think that the initial problem starts in school. Okay. Um, coming from my background and stuff, like I never learned in school, look home economics and stuff. You know, like yeah, cooking and all these yeah. kinds of things. Um, neither was my brother or sister. I think my sister actually might have done it. Okay. But it also it seemed that you know girls' schools would have done that and boys' mm. schools wouldn't have done that. And yeah. it was only after that I left that started bringing that in. Okay. So I think going way way back, um, it would be starting to learn about food and starting to learn about exercise and general day to day health mm. from a younger age. Okay. Across the board, yeah. because we did PE, yeah. but it was playing football. Do you know what I mean? Like you would have went to PA three times uh, a week or something, yeah, whatever. If you for don't an like hour. football, you're screwed. Yeah, if you <laughs> don't like football, and realistically, you only kind of progressed to on the sports science if you had an interest in mm. Gaelic or football or hurling or whatever it was. So if you didn't like playing football or you didn't like long distance running, then you were never really gonna stick that out. Yeah. So I think having some sort of structure in school of educating kids about food and exercise and stuff um, would be a real great start. Okay. And then leading on to that, that problem has carried over into adulthood because the main problem, it's a double-edged edged sword because on one hand, it's causing people more problems, these fad diets and, yeah. you know, shakes and skinny teas and all that bullshit that you see especially in January. Like I walked I walked into a shop and before Christmas it was stocked with selection boxes and tubs of sweets and all these different things. And literally as soon as January hit, protein slim bars, teas, lemon teas. It was mental. I couldn't yeah, get my yeah. head around it. So I seen this thing freeze your fat. Freeze your fat? <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> Fuck I don't know. It's like a billboard freeze your fat. Just like holy shit. Like I don't know. I, I, don't I can't know. believe it because I know too many people who buy into it. Yeah. And I know what it feels like to Google those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, to go, how do I lose a stone in a week? And it's basically businesses who are designed to feed off the desperation of desperate people. You yeah. know, someone who isn't educated and doesn't know any better, basically taking their money for something that isn't going to change anything yeah. and isn't going to change especially the cause so it's the education and the food knowledge and the exercise knowledge that's why I had to go back to the, the school point there because mm-hmm. um, it carries across into adulthood and it causes far too many problems but on the other hand like I said whenever people realize that these things don't work they come to us yeah. and then we're able to educate and we're able to you know give them the knowledge and the tools moving forward but I think that that steps should just be gotten rid of completely i think i think they are getting better in schools i know from my sons being at a very young age they're getting more and more like my kids know what proteins fats and carbs are really yeah yeah so i think you know people within the industry were talking about this 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and 
in reality, and this happens in university as well, when people start to talk about things, it will probably be implemented 10 years down the line. Yeah. But by the time that the effects of these debates start to happen. So I think it is starting to happen now. Mm-hmm. Which is pity is pity it didn't happen sooner. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good thing, like, because in fairness, when I go to Oliver's school and stuff, they were talking about their snacks and yeah. what they're having for lunch and stuff. And the teacher said, you know, if the kid comes to school with a chocolate bar, we're not going to deny the kid the chocolate bar if that's all they're given. But we would encourage you to give them yeah. apples, oranges, these yeah. kinds of things. And I was like, that's really good. Because mm. it's so much easier to just buy a big 12-pack of crisps that are going to sit in the cupboard and then you just chuck one in the bag. You know what I mean? Mm. So so you, so you think it's uh, it should start earlier, the, the, the learning process, and then it should be better regulated? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because, uh, like, there's, there's, there's people, even in, even if you look at, let's say, a packet of sensations, mm-hmm. like, there's stuff that they can write on it that's, e- even in, in terms of meat and stuff, you can write, like, farm fresh or yeah. freshly, blah, blah, blah. When you know that it's not fresh, yeah, there's, like, preservatives on it to keep it that way, mm-hmm. and there's stuff on Doritos like there's someone that's paid to make you addicted to Doritos yeah and this dude is like one of the smartest dudes in America yeah so he is paid to make people and it's that type of stuff that just isn't regulated and it's so hard for people to deal with and it's not the consumer's fault mm-hmm. they're just most people will believe oh it says there's there's no um this is fresh or well, it must be fresh yeah and like those cereal bars that say protein on them because they've got a bit more gluten or something in them you know yeah, what i mean it's yeah. it's again feeding on people who aren't educated yeah. and i think even the nutritional information that's on it's so confusing and they kind of manipulate it so like it's a legal requirement for it to be there but they kind of make it so obscure or so awkward for someone to find out what's actually in mm-hmm. a portion or like a portion said, like you get a bag of crisps and it says this has four servings of 17 grams. You're like, am I fuck gonna have 17 grams? Yeah, and anyone buying that packet of crisps or packet of sweets is gonna have the packet. Yeah, you know I mean, but yeah, they're kind of covering their own backs without way, worrying about what yeah. it's gonna have an effect on people. Even the so the, the broader like a traffic light system, yeah, which can kind of be confusing for people as well because you've got like olive oil. That's red light because it's so high in fat, and, yeah. and it's like, all right, okay, yeah, in terms of calories, but in terms of the actual health benefits, yeah, it's it's not a red light. Yeah, like those traffic light system things that they have on food as well. It, I mean, for me, it it highlights the unimportant things or some of the like salt and stuff. All right, you want to watch your salt intake and stuff, but there's a bigger picture here. It yeah, tells you the calories okay. on it. Yeah, but. Like, no one's looking for the salt and no one's looking for all these different things that are on it. You want to know how much fat, carbs, protein, calories yeah, yeah. is in it and yeah. how you calculate how much of that packet you should be having. Yeah. And even yeah. having the packet sectioned off, that's one servant, that's two servants, instead of just throwing it all in. Yeah. The one thing. Yeah, get you, man. Get you. Yeah. So, yeah. overall education from childhood leading through into adulthood. Yeah. Well, what about... Um, within gyms within gyms stay off Instagram <laughs> <laughs> don't get your pro or your workout off Instagram yeah yeah because I mean you, you've probably seen the, the gym feels page yeah and it's just it. full of balloons trying to do different things with equipment that it was mm. never designed to be used that way yeah yeah but on the other hand as well 
everyone's out to make a quick buck, so they're going to sell you a, a resistance band, or they're going to sell you a skateboard with only three wheels to teach you how to brace yeah. your core and <laughs> while you do learn, <laughs> learn how to balance better because it's got one less wheel or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah I, I think um, I think people again, well, coaches need to kind of address that. You know, risk reward kind of thing, or you know biggest bang for your buck movements mm. and stuff don't be putting up videos or pictures or whatever of some girl with a cracking arse doing a, a cable kickback whenever someone needs a squat yeah. or someone needs a deadlift you know yeah. that's that's going to be a better thing for them yeah uh, i think there's 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 not enough of that there's not enough awareness probably around listen this isn't for you yeah it's just not just yeah like learn the basics yeah um and you know They'll put that up, but it's nine times out of ten, the person's probably doing that at the very end of their session. They don't see the squats and the deadlifts that they are actually doing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh yeah, if you want to look like this, buy this band and do a kickback. Yeah. They're like, no, you, you're not seeing the full picture here. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one thing that I really, really don't like about gyms and, you know. The culture. Yeah. There's there's almost like a an overload of vanity or something that goes yeah. around it. Yeah. Gotcha. And... um. If it's going to be a long-term thing, which it is for me now, like originally when I started, it was a vanity thing. I wanted to lose weight and I wanted to look good and stuff. But the longer I'm in the game, I'm like, no, I, I want to be healthy. Mm. You know, I want to move well. And yeah, I'm going to eat a few things that may not not necessarily be on a meal plan, but I'm, I'm educated to know the, the consequences or the pros or cons or whatever about it. So I think people just need to kind of stay away from Instagram booties and big biceps and abs and stuff and just start thinking about what I actually need. Do I need that or do I need to be healthy? Mm. Do I need to move well? Do I need to you know, stick around to see my kids growing up and all those different types of things? Yeah, I think there needs to be a fitness police. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> I always say, you know, the PT police aren't going to come in and get you, but I think there should be like, fitness police maybe we should start something uh, up. yeah yeah uh, just like they, they scar instagram for bullshit and you just write bullshit <laughs> or, or just just show it. up at the person's gym and go you're talking balls oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god do you know what like god god love them god love them i know it's it's, it's it's bad because like i said before about the food and stuff it's a double-edged sword because you know eventually people are going to catch on that a cable kickback isn't going to get them the results that they want. No. And a squat no. and a deadlift is, but, you know, they kind of have to, I suppose... Experience that for themselves. Yeah, or... and then they'll go on to something else, and then nine times out of ten, that's why they come to us, mm. because we're not about that. So. Yeah, yeah. So here, mate, um, like, you, you asked me this question on our last podcast, and I'm going to relay it back to you. Mm -hmm. What is your definition of success? Success would be, success for me would be always chasing challenge. Okay. You know, like it's only been the last couple of years that I've started reading books and, you know, I would have listened to audio books and stuff, but actually, you know, gaining the knowledge and taking the time to sit down and read through a book because I'm a slow reader and stuff, mm -hmm. that would have been difficult for me. But the more that I've done it over the last few years... I feel more successful for okay. doing it. Okay. I don't have a thing to show for it. I don't have, 
you know, I have knowledge and stuff and I have, like you said in the, the last episode, I have knowledge to pass on and that will live on and, mm. you know, be passed on to other people. Um, but I think that the meaning behind doing anything and being successful is to constantly strive for better and strive for more challenge and, you know, developing yourself. Mm-hmm. Again, like, you know, if you're talking about trying to pick a word for the year, like consistent, I want to be consistently growing or I want to be a consistently better father or I want to be a consistently better partner. Um, all of that comes with their own challenges. So yeah. I think I think success is a feeling rather than a thing. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like if I learn something new, I think that was a success. Or if you've achieved something, you just feel yeah, you get that feeling of accomplishment. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be something that you can hold in your hands or a number that you see in a bank account or anything like that. It, I think success is more of a feeling that you get from bettering yourself or bettering other people. Love it, man. Love it. Okay. I'm glad uh, I am glad I got a wee insight there and I'm glad the listener got a wee insight because I'm sure there's a lot of value in what you just shared also. Um, yeah, thanks very much, mate. No problem. If anyone has any questions for us, yeah, or if they want to get in touch, want us to cover a topic or a subject, uh, if you want to send us an email to fitnessbusinesslife at gmail.com, and if you want to hit us up on social media, my Instagram account is at Coach Stevo Hybrid. Mine's is M underscore J underscore Lemon. See you later, guys. Peace out.